I know what I am. A villain. A liberator. I am Loki, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. Terrible metaphor. I thought I had something there. We have a saying in Asgard, where there are wolf's ears, wolf's teeth are near. It's a trap. I believe, stupidly, you can be whatever you want to be. By the way, I should have an equal amount of security. This is insulting. You just can't help yourself. Don't forget to like and subscribe. All right, awesome. The I like that too, Cyber. That's pretty cool. It's, I never noticed that before. Hey, uh, everybody. No, me either. Uh, it's uh, it's it's Cybernetic Shark here with uh, with Jeff Sloboda. We're back again. It's another Wednesday evening. What a surprise! So here we are on the MCU's bleeding edge, uh, getting after it. Um, and we may potentially have um, Brett Scott, the host of uh, I believe it's called Marvel Plus uh podcast and youtube channel he might pop on here in a minute we're gonna see but in the meantime uh we are here once again on another wednesday evening we're, we're almost at the end of the loki disney plus series we're at episode five this is our episode five review and um before we go ahead and jump into that cyber and and get focused uh, on loki um do you want to um you know uh plug anything or like uh mention any of your other stuff so just kind of like uh kind of a reaffirmation as you like to call it just a uh, re go about it yeah if you if you haven't checked me out on YouTube under cybernetic shark or on Rizzle under cybernetic shark as well definitely come check me out I just recently have uh, launched a clapper uh, which is also very similar to TikTok and all those kind of good jazz so if you haven't checked out Clapper, definitely check it out too. Me and Jeff are both on there, and we're talking about you know all kinds of stuff. I'm doing impersonations and uh, all kinds of stuff like that on there as well, uh, with promoting the MCU's Bleeding Edge. And uh, of course, you know definitely check out our you know the MCU's Bleeding Edge org for our amazing website where we you know post blogs and all that kind of cool stuff. So yeah, definitely check that out. I also recently started a Rumble as well where I'm posting stuff on there as too. So definitely check that out. I'm also underneath Cybernetic Shark there too as well. And uh, I'm just ready to get into this uh, wonderful Loki episode, people. I'm really glad that you mentioned Clapper, Cyber, because you know what? I probably would have forgotten about that. You know, I, I want to shout out everybody on Clapper too. Um, I've, I've been really um, uh, getting into the app recently the last couple of days. Cyber knows I have. And um, Cyber's been on there too. And um just, you know, pushing, plugging away like the MCU's bleeding edge and trying to rally folks on there to, um, you know, come over here to like our, um, you know, Twitch and our YouTube and our Facebook live and watch one of these shows. Um, you know, uh, so essentially, um, I'm also on rumble, uh, I, that just like cyber, I just started on there. Um, and, um, it's, it's pretty interesting. What are you doing over there on cyber cyber? Are you going live on there? Uh, I've been just making little videos and posting them on there. 
uh, and also like just kind of like spouting out about the MCU's bleeding edge. Uh, I did a couple of videos uh, about this stream that we're doing now on there to just kind of rile up some mm -hmm. people on there too. Uh, I mean, with the short time I've been on there, uh, I mean, I've had quite a few rumbles, which are like the likes, yeah. I guess, on Rumble. Uh, actually, all of a sudden I went from like, I think it was like three to like all of a sudden now I'm like at 70. So, I mean, it, my stuff is starting to get hit and stuff like that. So That's it's good. nice to see that it's that already. Um, but talking about Clapper again, uh, I recently have had a few people comment on the the video I put up about our live stream for tonight. And they actually said, oh, I'll definitely be coming by and checking it out. So, oh, great. So, yeah, we're getting, like, good positive feedback. That's awesome Clapper, that we've so. got you doing that and me doing that now. You know what I mean? The two of us together. Here, yeah. Let's, I think I've got Brett here. Let's see if Brett's on. Here we are. Brett, can you hear us? Yeah, what's up, man? Can you hear me all right? Yeah, we yes. said it all. Yeah, yeah, Brett, we were expecting you, Brett. and um, and here you are, folks. I told you that Brett Scott would potentially be here. Here he is, and we'll go ahead and Brett. We're going to launch into into Loki episode five right now, and just start right off with the with the the uh, beginning of the episode. So if you want to jump in in just a minute, let me go ahead and like set set it up, and then um, yeah, I'll, throw I'll throw it over to you, and then Cyber, you can come in after Brett. Um, yeah. So basically. Loki episode five starts off with Sylvie, um, I guess, like confrontating, you know, like like uh, trying to uh, confront um, uh, Gugu Mabeth um, Raw's uh, Ravana Renslayer character in terms of like what the origin is of the um, the uh, the Time Variance Authority and like what the whole story is and everything and. Through, you know, they they go back and forth. Um, Ravana kind of and Miss Minutes kind of try to stall time for her for like the hunters to like line up and everything and whatnot. And Sylvie kind of buys it for a little bit. Looks like they're going to team up, and then it turns around with um, Sylvie essentially ending up pruning herself on purpose to get to the void where um, Ravana essentially explains all of the variants that get pruned go to. Um, and she says essentially that it's like the end of time. Like that's her explanation for what the void is, which I don't know if that's completely accurate, but Brett, what, what were your thoughts when, when during the, 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 uh, the entry and like the intro of, of the episode, like, was there anything that really stood out for you? Uh, well, well, starting out, I was obviously, I was really curious to see what what they were going to do with all these other variants of Loki that we saw in the post credit scene in the last episode. So yeah. that I, w I was really geared up for this episode, really excited for it. Um, I, I don't know, man, like right in the beginning, I would say I was excited quickly though. And, and I hate to say this because up until now, this has been my favorite series, but I think, I kind of think it took a turn in this episode that is just not what I was thinking the series was. Um, I thought that this series, you know, it's a time travel series, clearly. And I thought we were going to do a lot more hopping around timelines. Instead, though, we're kind of hopping around from the Time Variance Authority and now we're outside, like we're doing a lot of hopping outside of timelines. 
And I was kind of hoping in this series to get more, you know, going to uh, almost like Endgame did, but maybe different events like further back in history. I thought maybe we'd go back to, you know, almost like Time Cop. If you've ever seen Time Cop, uh, a lot of people dislike that movie or, or think it's not very good. But I love seeing different moments in history, right? And different plays on that. And I kind of thought we were going to see Loki doing that in this series. But it's it seems more like it's about these different dimensions outside of the timeline, which is cool in its own right. Not saying I don't like that. I'm just saying it's different than what I thought I was going to get from the series. And so, I don't know, I'm kind of getting used to... We're already... We only got one more episode left. And I, I guess to enjoy how they finish it out i'm going to have to just come to terms with the fact that this is not the series i imagined it to be uh i i kind of got caught up again in the same it's my own fault i did the same thing with wandavision right where i might have enjoyed wandavision way more if i hadn't had so many expectations and and so many wants out of the series and just if i'd have just let it give me what it gave me might have enjoyed it more. I'm kind of getting there with Loki at this point. I'm really sad to say because I love Tom Hiddleston. I love the characters in this series. I love Mobius. I love the interactions. Um, the character development that they've done, like well, getting on, Loki up on. to let's speed. Not too, let's not get too far. Let's get Cyber in here. Let's not get too far because we've got there's a lot of episode to unfurl and unravel here. And yeah, I really yeah, do yeah. Want to, I want to focus. I do want to focus on at least like the first third of the episode to start off with. So Cyber. Okay. Okay. What do you, what do you think, Cyber? What are, what were your thoughts about the about the, uh, the the first third of the episode or or so? At least like you know the uh, the Sofia Di Martino, um, Ravana Renslayer stuff, and then like of course you know what Brett already mentioned the um, the opening of Loki again waking up in the um, in the void. Yeah, so I mean, I thought it was interesting how they kind of split it up. I mean, because we first get kind of a little bit of a glimpse of you know Lady Loki and. Raven kind of talking to each other after the, their fight, after, you know, Loki has been disintegrated into the void. And then all of a sudden it flashes to Loki in the void and him waking up with the other Lokis around him. And they kind of start walking, going to wherever they're going to be going because all of a sudden there's this giant monster thing, cloud thing following them. So it was kind of like, you know, you kind of get this glimpse of this huge cloud thing. You're like, what the hell is that? And you're just like, that's, like, really cool. But then it's like, you know, Tom Hiddleston's Loki starts to, like, ask questions, and he's not really getting answers from them. And then finally they have kind of, like, that great camaraderie. And then we kind of flash back to, you know, you know, to Lady Loki and them having a conversation. And then she disintegrates herself or purges herself, as they call it, uh, to get, you know, prune to get into the void herself because she thinks that, whatever she needs to do to find out who the real TBA is, is, is through the end or the void as it's called. And so, I mean, this whole beginning section, just, it was a lot of information. I mean, we get a little bit of information about, you know, Richard E. Grant's Loki. We get a little bit of information about young Loki. We get an information about the, uh, African American Loki. You find out that there's a crocodile Loki that are all these different variants that have been, you know, pruned into the void. 
And you kind of get a little bit of history of, you know, that this is where things get sent to basically be devoured, you know, that weren't wanted or whatever to get rid of these variants. But yet all the Lokis, for some reason, are able to keep themselves from getting eaten by the lion or the, I forget what they call the, the cloud. Um, but basically, like, they keep surviving. and that's Elioth. It's called, it's called Elioth. Yeah, Elioth. And, uh, you, like, I just think, like, all the conversation that goes on in that little den that the other Lokis take, Loki too, and they start having this conversation and you get all this information was really fun and really cool because you got kind of a little bit of a history about these different Loki stories that, you know, are similar to some of the comics and so forth and like that. So, I mean, you get some history of the comics with that. And I thought that was really cool. Um, but, I mean, just that in between, I thought it was interesting that they kept, like, going to Lady Loki, then to regular Loki, and kind of giving us the story there instead of, like, kind of just, like, flushing out everything. So I thought that was kind of interesting, too, and uh, how they presented that as well. Uh, just really, I, I really enjoyed that first third or so of this beginning of this, and then just where it goes from there is just really fascinating too as well. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and just um, just to make it clear for everybody out there, uh, Brett is a um, is an old friend of the MCU's Bleeding Edge podcast slash YouTube channel. He he has not um, been on here very much recently. But he actually was on here a couple times in the beginning, uh, like the introduction of like this podcast way back, like in 2020. Um, and so it's good, to, Brett. Is, it's good to have you back on here again, man. And Brett is the host of Marvel Plus. Um, and Brett, do you want to? Um, wh when are you going to be doing your episode five review on your show? Yeah. Uh, thanks, man. I, I so I'll be doing well. What I do is I usually uh, record my latest episode on Thursday or Friday and I have it out Saturday. So pretty soon it'll just like in a couple of days, we'll have the episode five review out. Um, and I'm sorry, I, I got a little carried away there in the beginning because, oh, it's okay. well, I didn't have a lot of time to collect my thoughts on this episode. I'm a person who usually watches these episodes a couple times before I'm actually breaking them down. And I watched this one time last night when it first released, um, so I was just kind of like rambling out initial thoughts on the whole series, but I didn't mean to get carried away there and, and jump to the end. Um, I will say, though, that I I did like one thing I really enjoyed about the first part of this episode and even into the probably the second portion of the episode is all of the Easter eggs in the background. Like, I thought that was really cool. Uh, there was a part where we saw like an old uh, discarded Molnir, just like laying in some rubble. Um, just a bunch of cool little stuff like that. And I, I like the, I like the, I don't know if we're there yet or not. Probably not. I, I guess that's the second act of the episode, but I did enjoy when they, uh, when all of a sudden all those other Lokis show up. Yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, like the gang of Lokis that like rolls up or whatever, like yeah, uh, yeah on them and everything. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I I really well, I mean, I, me personally, just to like um, just to like delve back into like the the opening of like the episode, I was uh -huh. like, um, I was I was less into what was going on with Sylvie and Ravana as I was really kind of like you said, like 
more focused on what was going on with these like three Lokis. And then alligator Loki was like my star of the episode. Like seriously, <laughs> alligator Loki was freaking like, seriously, like funny as shit. And like the timing of alligator Loki, like when he would growl and stuff or whatever, like, you know, make his make noises or whatever during conversation was literally like freaking hilarious. Like literally it was great. It was one of my favorite aspects of like the whole episode yeah. and everything was the alligator Loki scenes. He likes alligator Loki stole the episode as far as I'm concerned. Like seriously for me anyway. Um, like I haven't found that much about Loki really all that funny, but I found alligator Loki really funny. I did. Um, yeah. You know, like there hasn't been the, the, a ton of humor in this series, to be honest with you. Um, you know, Loki's humor is very dry. Um, but so, yeah, um, to, to kind of like, you know, get into like that whole like collaboration like Brett was talking about. And like what you talked about, Cyber, you know, um, that um, that part where they go into like the underground layer. And it's like, you know, the three Lokis and Alligator Loki and like our Loki. And um, basically, you know, I love the the rapport. Cyber isn't it, isn't it like listening to them um, talk amongst each other and everything. And like, I loved like getting to know each individual Loki. You know, like a little bit. You know, at, at first it was really interesting. Um, what do you think about that, Cyber? What were your thoughts again to refocus like on that part of the episode? That whole like you know period there before they they head back out of the underground layer. Um, what you know, Brett, if you want to come in when Cyber's done, what were your thoughts on that whole scene again, Cyber? I mean, I like I was saying before, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome. Uh, I really liked how they, you know, basically kind of gave a story about, you know, you know, kind of what ended up allowing them to go here, basically. So I noticed, I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but they were, they started saying that Nexus events, their Nexus events, is what caused them to go to this void. So basically, you know, when Loki stole the Tesseract at the end of Infinity uh, Endgame, that was his Nexus event. So I thought that was kind of interesting. They gave each of themselves like this, they ha you know, that event that caused them to go to this void, which is called a Nexus event. I liked that. I thought it was pretty cool. But yeah, their camaraderie was just really fun, them kind of telling their story and so forth, you know. Yes, most definitely. David R. over in the comments here is talking about how Kid Loki uh, talks about how he killed Thor, and that's what his Nexus event was, and how, uh, you know, things like that happened. And then David R. also was mentioning, if you noticed, when they're going down into the bunker, you know, after they're first getting to the bunker, I don't know if anybody else saw it, but there was a tiny Thor in a glass bottle trying to get Majorna that was stuck in the into the ground. I don't know if anybody else noticed that, but I noticed it, and I thought that was, like, a really cool little kind of, like, Easter egg, as David R. was saying here. Uh, shout out to David R. Glad to have him back in the comments section. Great that you're watching. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that whole camaraderie, and then all of a sudden when, like, Loki goes back up to go to the outside, and then there's a whole bunch of other Lokis, and they come down, and then they have basically, like, this whole battle royale going on in there, and alligator Loki chews that Loki's hand off. That was good. That, that was absolutely hilarious. I would definitely have to say, yes, the alligator Loki has was the star of this. It was always what, what fun about, to watch him. What about when, was it Kid Loki that threw allig the alligator Loki on, on the guy the one time? I don't recall him throwing him. No, I, he yeah, took he did. Him. He picked him up, and he was holding him at one point. Alligator yeah. Loki decided to run at that Loki and bite his hand off. 
Y'all, yeah, no, I know, I know. Brett, did you see what I'm talking about? Where like Kid Loki or somebody threw Alligator Loki at somebody? I'm not sure, man. I, like I said, I watched it one time. I might have missed that if it happened. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Honestly, Brett, like like Cyber was mentioning just now, a lot of this stuff was really quick. Like if you didn't catch it, like really yeah. like instantaneously, you missed a lot of the Easter eggs. Yeah, absolutely. It, it would take several watch throughs to catch it all. There was a lot, especially with stuff in the background, right? Um, they would just kind of gloss over moving from scene to scene or whatever. The opening of a new scene would feature a bunch of little like pieces of rubble and, and things that have been discarded. And yeah, among that wreckage, there was a bunch of little cool little trinkets, Easter eggs for fans. I'm, I'm guessing not only of the comics, but even people could appreciate um, but one, you know, one thing that I enjoyed about, you were talking about the rapport between these Lokis down in their little bunker was that it was like they were doing time. So because they were like, um, they were like lying about their Nexus events. It's kind of like, what do you get locked up for, man? You know, it's like, oh, I, I double murder, you know, when really it was like stealing a purse from an old lady. Like it was the same type of thing. I don't remember which one it was, but they were like full on fabricating the reason for their Nexus event. And the other one's like, uh, yeah, that that's not true. Okay. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about now, Jeff, when you talk about alligator Loki being thrown. Uh, I actually have the episode on in the background, um, but it's when old Richard E. Grant Loki makes mirror images of the characters. And yes, kid Loki does throw the alligator at one of the other Loki. Yes. Yeah, I knew it. See, I told you. Uh, I knew I, knew yeah. I wasn't crazy about that. Um, no, uh, uh, Brett, honestly, there were so many Easter eggs during the episode. I'm not even going to – I don't even like to get into them because, honestly, yeah. I until I get my second watch through the episode, which I haven't done yet, I don't really like – I don't I don't like actually take notes and, and, and write that stuff down and like mark it and everything. I stopped doing that. Same. Like when I, when I watched the episode the first time, I decided to stop yeah. taking notes during it because what I found out was that when I would try to take notes during my first watch of like these Disney plus episodes, I would miss so many different things throughout the episodes. Cause I was looking down at my notebook or whatever, you know, like writing or whatever. And, yeah. um, I would lose like whole pieces of the episodes and then we would go to do the shows and I wouldn't know what the hell we were talking about half the time. So, um, so now I just, I just sit and like focus when I watch and with Loki, you really have to like, not even just this episode. But across the, the spectrum of the series so far, you've really needed to be like into the show to understand the whole like if you don't pay attention with Loki, there's a lot you miss. There's a lot of small details that that occur throughout the episodes. Yeah. And I don't know, guys. I mean, before, you know, before we um you know what before I, I'm gonna I wanna ask you guys um about some comparisons and con and some contrasting with WandaVision and, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But before we do that, um, okay. Brett, if you don't mind, and Cyber, I'm going to go ahead and play some Loki trailers for Episode 5 and some promo trailers for Episode 6 um, just to change things up a little bit. Okay. So just give me one All second, right. and here we go. Let's go. I'm sorry. My bad. I'm sorry. Wrong trailer. That's for later. This isn't about protecting the TVA at all, is it? 
whatever happens is just a new timeline. It would be impossible to start an Nexus event. How do I know that in the final moments you won't betray me? I betrayed everyone who ever loved me. I know what I did. And I know why I did it. And that's not who I am anymore. I think the person we're after is beyond the void at the end of time. And if they are, that thing is just their guard dog protecting the only way in. Because the Nexus event the two of you caused, I think whatever that connection is can bring this whole place down. one of the most ambitious, craziest stories Marvel Studios has ever told. We are doing some good work today. Loki is the best show on TV right now. Come on. What did you expect? is ever truly bad and no one good is ever truly good I believe stupidly you can be whatever you want to be even someone good Liberator. I am Loki and I am burdened with glorious purpose. Terrible metaphor. I thought I had something there. We have a saying in Asgard where there are wolf's ears, wolf's teeth are near. It's a trap. Stupidly, you can be whatever you want to be. By the way, I should have an equal amount of security. This is insulting. You just can't help yourself. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Your questions. I am Kang, the Conqueror. I have come from the 41st century, traveling to this backwater time period for one simple reason. To eliminate you from the timeline. Glorious.
Yeah, that was just a that was like a quirky like uh like made up trailer that like uh like I think Screen Cult or something oh. like that on YouTube made. That, that is not funny. I'm sorry, ma'am. I bad. Yeah. No. Why would you do that? That was not authentic, <laughs> like real, like yeah, Marvel don't put, Studios. Don't put unauthentic like, stuff up. I, I was gonna bring, mention it as soon as I got done with it. That like that's just like fan theory stuff. That's not like real. <laughs> um, but you know what? That's a good setup, though. We'll, I'll go ahead and right off the bat, I'll just go ahead and like ask you guys. Um, at this point, going into episode six, to, just to, to, to put out some fan theory stuff right now. What do you guys think if you had to if you had to do a one through ten, Brett, on the on the on the chance that Kang might pop up in episode six in some way, even in like some even in some kind of like Easter egg, not even like himself. Um, one mm. through ten, like ten being like you know he'll be there, and like you know zero being like there's no there'll be no Kang reference at all. Well, look, man, I I know everyone it I I know that. We're expecting Kang uh, in the Ant-Man film. And I just, I think that people are building up Kang. Like Kang is going to be the next Thanos. And I just don't think that's the case. Like saying that he wouldn't be powerful enough to be that big of a bad. But I don't think they're going to do that with him in the MCU. And so I just... I don't know. You know how Thanos would show up in post-credit scenes and stuff like that throughout the MCU for almost the entire decade before we got to see him? I don't think they're going to do that with Kang. So I think if we do see a Kang appearance at all in this series, it would be like a post-credits, like, oh, you thought that Ravana Renslayer was the big bad in this series. But there's someone else more nefarious behind the scenes. And they're like, that's it. Cut scene. That's the only way I could see them doing a Kang. I don't think he's going to come out and be like, oh, I'm the one behind everything. And, and uh, you know, there's going to be a big or anything like that. So I'd say low. I'd Him actually appearing, I'm going to say like a 3-4 out of 10. Okay, hey, that's pretty fair. What do you think, Cyber? Mm, I'm thinking nine or ten. Uh, with just really? How, with how the way this Loki is going, and how they brought in, you know, Raven, and how he, you know, yes, Quantum Medium, Ant Man Quantum Medium is 2023, but still, we know MCU. They like to put yeah. Easter eggs leading up to you know their films so i have a feeling that we'll still we get like what jeff was saying maybe like some sort of easter egg to king at the end of loki uh -huh. most definitely i think that's gonna happen in the final episode i don't know in what capacity but yeah i would give it a nine or ten that there will be some sort of easter egg towards him not like a you know like you're saying brett like a cameo or anything but i could definitely see that happening like what they did with thanos them doing like a Kane the Conqueror kind of like, you know, cameo like at the post credit scene or something in the future, maybe in, you know, Doctor Strange or, you know, one of the upcoming other MCU films, you know, in the in the near future. Um, but at the same time, I still right. think because of what 
Loki is dealing with, like the same realm as Kane the Conqueror, I still feel there will be at least an Easter egg of some sort just to, to tease us because that's what the MCU likes to do. They like to tease us with these things. That's a great comment, Cyber. I think you made you made a really a really good standout point there with all that. Um, so that's a good take. Uh, and uh, Brett, um, I appreciate you know um, the hey man, you know like if I had to throw out a number, I'd have to say that I'm probably just for the reality like like the concept that there might be like a really a really like solid Easter egg. I'm gonna throw out like an eight point five probably like that'd be my 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 score, and then. To like to kind of like get into like a really new kind of like segment that I want to start doing a short segment here on the MCU's Bleeding Edge just to kind of like uh, you know continue to kind of like change things up a little bit on the sh the structure of the show. This next one is I'm going to go to can you, I, Cyber, can I, first, and then Brett. Real I, quick. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Brett. Let me just let me just ask both of you. Um, do you think because that's this is kind of part of my my argument against Kang actually showing up. Do you guys picture Kang on the same level, at least in the MCU, as Thanos was? Meaning, do you think they're going to make a 10-year villain in the background? Or do you think after Quantumania, we're done with Kang? Uh, I don't believe if I'll take that first. I don't believe that will that Kang will will last for ten years. I don't. Uh, I don't think Kang is going to be a. I don't think that like trying to compare Kang and Thanos is very difficult to do. Um, they're very different, like uh, you know, entities. You know what I mean? Like with very different backstories and like very different, like you know, um, like like uh, characters that they associate with and stuff like that. So like um, you know, uh, do I and like look. You got to take into consideration that um, the way that they built Thanos up in the MCU for all those years, you know, until like we we got Infinity War, and then we actually got Josh Brolin's Thanos. Um, yep. They're not going to. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to want to do that same thing with Kang, just because I don't think they're going to want to copy that same exact formula again with their with their villains. I think they're going to they're going to mix and match. They're, I think they're going to roll Dr. Doom out soon, like within like the next, yeah. like, I, I think by the end of 2020, 2022, Dr. Doom will be in the MCU or they'll have set him up already. Um, okay. That, that's kind of what I was asking. Like, do you think that Kang is the big giant nemesis that they'll be facing? Like, like one of those um, big events, right? You know, comics have annuals and events and these, these big events that they do. Do you think that Kang is the end of that big event in the way that Thanos was? Or do you think Kang is just a villain along the way in the way of like um, any of the other villains uh, that, that we've seen like um, along the way? Like, uh, like a Captain America villain or an Iron Man villain or Avengers. Do you think he's the thing they're building towards? Like you, I'm kind of thinking more a, a villain like Doctor Doom with major, major villain. Go ahead, Cyber. I honestly don't think that they're building up Kang as the next big bad. I think they're just introducing him into the MCU 
allowing him to be one of those background villains that, you know, we might come across several times throughout the MCU's timeline. Because he is one of those characters, anyways, that's a time traveler. So really, he can disappear and come back as many times as he wants. So yeah, to answer your question, Brett, I don't think he's the next big bad. I honestly don't think that the MCU has revealed who the next big bad is going to be at all. I think that we're going to have to go right. through Phase 4 all the way through Phase 4, get into Phase 5 before they even traditionally say, oh, who they think is the next big bad through post-credit scenes, like and they, what they did with Thanos. I think that just came Agreed. as one of those villains that they'll have popped up here and there. Um, kind of like, you know, how Vulture, you know, popped up in, you know, Homecoming is popping up in the Morbius film. I think he's just going to be one of those kind of villain characters that they have here and there. I mean, look at what they did with... Um, What's his name from Guardians of the Galaxy uh, uh, that Pence played? Um, Lee Pace. Um, Ronan. Like, he popped up in Captain Marvel because that was a prequel, but he got killed in, you know, Guardians. So I think that's kind of like what's going to happen with Kang. He's going to be a big baddie in his own kind of time traveling way. Not to be the big, big bad, but he to be just this villain that they can keep coming back yeah. to if they want to and just have fun with. That's what I foresee for Kang. Most definitely. And Brett, um, I want to um I want to go ahead and roll this out and then I want you to jump in and, and give me your reaction and then Cyber you too. Um what I want to do is I want to kind of match up um episode five from Loki with WandaVision episode five and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode five. And I know this is kind of yeah. like, you know, off cuff. But, like, Brett, if you had to, like, rank the episode fives for the, the three different series, how would you rank them, like, one, two, three, out of the three, and why? Okay, so episode five of WandaVision was the one before the Halloween episode, and I remember thinking that we didn't know shit going into episode six. I mean, we really didn't. Like, episode six gave us a lot of crazy stuff in that series, but at episode five, we were still really in the dark. It's different because that only put us about halfway WandaVision, whereas with the other That's two true. series, it's the penultimate episode of both series. So they're in different spots. But if I had to rank them, I would probably say Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode five, which was my favorite episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think the best episode. Um, and then probably Loki, just because of all the all the cool Loki variants that we got and all the Easter eggs. I love that about it. Um, I might not love the direction of the series right now, but I love all the cool little things they threw in, you know, like to pick up on. So then, and, and I guess WandaVision would be my number three. Great. Great. What do you think, Cyber? Uh, if I had to put them in an order, I would definitely say Loki is my favorite of the three. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier would be my fifth, and uh, WandaVision would be my third. Uh, just like Brett said, yes, episode five of WandaVision, because it was kind of like ha the halfway point, and we still were kind of in the dark on what's going on. Uh, I just feel like that episode wasn't very crisp and clear like the Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki has been. Uh, I think we get a little bit more direction with those two, so... I would have to say that would be my order. Loki, number one, Falcon Winter Soldier, number two, and then uh, WandaVision would be my third, most definitely. Great. And, you know, that, of course there is that reality, that, you know, that, that dichotomy where WandaVision was nine episodes, you know, and 
Loki and Loki is six. And I do want to, you know, point that out because it is important. But I feel like even if you were to like swap out episode five of WandaVision out for like episode eight, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, ma- and match it up and throw that in, throw that episode in there to match up with Loki episode five. I still think it's lo- the Loki episode five is the best. I think it's probably one of the best episodes of like any of the series episodes that have come out. Um, that's how much I thought it was. I mean, honestly, Brett, I mean, I get where you're coming from about how you feel about the Loki series in general, like the feel of it and the feel of the episode and everything being a little bit different than your perception of what it was going to be. But for me, I feel like the evolution of this series and this show going into like where, where the show was to where like, um, you know, for a minute there with episode three, there were some people who were skeptical about the series because they felt like things were slow. It was like a filler episode. Episode four came out and like really wrapped up the arc from, from episode three in a, in a, in a productive way. and was like a standout episode on its own. Um, episode five, I felt like was an even better episode than episode four. I did. Um, I felt like it, it was, it's, it's, it's as usual, Marvel studios is keeping us on our toes. You know, like we have no freaking idea what is happening in episode six, really, you know, we have no clue. Like we're going into the episode with like no information, really. I mean, I like, I don't know what that place is or whatever that they saw from the void, like that castle or whatever. Like, I don't know what that is. Um, I've heard some rumors, but like, there's no way to really know. Um, as usual, they're kind of picking and choosing how they want to handle the stuff from the comic books in this series. Like that's what they're doing. Like, um, the way that they handled um, the character of um, Elioth um, was like not comic book accurate. Like that's not how Elioth works in the comic books. Like what we saw in Loki, the Disney Plus episode. Just to be clear, um, but like basically um, to kind of like get into that, like that part of the episode. Um, what did you like? What did you think, Cyber? Like about. Um, Elioth as like a as like a kind of like the the nemesis of like the episode and everything like did you like how they did that um he's basically a trans temporal entity existing across divergent timelines as an enormous cloud destroying all it touches causing massive temporal disturbance and devastation across entire dimensions so that's his deal so what do you think did did you enjoy him I thought he was a, a cool addition to the episode. I thought it was an interesting uh, concept. I thought it was interesting that they had like kind of like the skull built into the the cloud mass itself, uh, having it would be red and stuff like that, showing kind of like its evil and its presence and stuff like that. I mean, when I first saw him, you know, like I thought I was like blown away by it. I'm like, oh, that's like super cool, you know, like I was saying earlier. And uh, I thought, you know, I don't know anything about this character from the comic book. So, like, seeing this is the first time seeing it at all for me. So, like, if I had seen or read about the comic books or saw it in the comic books first, I probably would have been like, oh, that's interesting that it weren't comic book accurate. But, you know, not having seen that, I had no idea. So this is interesting that it's not comic book accurate, but at the same time, I still think it was – they did it very tastefully, and I thought they did a really good job with bringing him to life for us on the big screen, or I should say small screens anyways, but giving us this interesting and first kind of introduction to that character that's from the comic books. And what do you think, Brett? Hey, I'm with Cyber. 
super. I, I didn't know anything about the comic book origins or, um, or the entity. Uh, I thought that did its job in the episode. I, I think it came across as really scary, really foreboding. When I was kind of terrified when I saw this thing, right? This giant cloud devouring things. And it, it really came off as this, you know, malevolent force that just like it, it, it wanted to eat things. You know, it's like, it was scary. It was legit scary. That's one thing I, I've got to give serious credit to Loki series for is this dark, almost horror vibe get with this series that we did the other series. It's one thing that it brings that the others did not. WandaVision had a couple little like kind of creepy moments, but those were more almost like sci-fi creepy, like, oh, I feel weird. This one actually has some real horror beats to it. And I love that. But yeah, that this 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 monster, this character fell right in line with that, with the kind of the horror the horror aspect of this series. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, that this Michael Waldron um essentially said be right before Loki started that this was going to be a sci-fi series, a sci-fi show. Um, and I feel like um, it's going to be interesting, I think, hearing all the different opinions and all the different reviews of this episode as, as like time progresses from tonight and we go into Thursday and Friday and the weekend and, you know, people have more time to really dive into the episode, you know, and pick it apart and everything. Um, I feel like... Uh, for me, um, if I had to, like, if I had to go ahead and score episode five based off my one viewing of it right now, I would definitely probably say that it would be, I would call it a 9.5 out of 10. Like, mm. that's how, that's what I think about. And that's like legitimate. That's my legitimate. That's not going to change. That's my legitimate rating of Loki episode five going into episode six. And, um, Brett, what about you? What do you think? Uh, in terms of uh, relating it to the rest of the series, like, as a, as an episode, it's like overall as an episode. What's your grade on it? One like one to one to ten. Like, what would be your grading overall for the episode itself? I mean, based out of the Disney Plus series, and then like off of what we've gotten in the Loki series so far. Mm. This episode specifically, ah, I don't know, man. It's in the middle for me. I know, I know, I'm an outlier on this one, but uh, I, and maybe it's just that I need to watch it again because so much happened. But there were some things that rubbed me the wrong way, like I just the idea of them uh, enchanting the the creature. It came off as kind of, I don't know. I, I guess it works in a comic book, so I should expect it to be okay in the series but something like that is very comic booky to enchant a giant cloud monster um but yeah i i gotta say probably i like the character driven episodes like the the episode three that everyone disliked and thought was really slow i loved i love that stuff i love character moments and conversations and you know um dialogue like i love that and so, I don't know. Yeah, I'd say about a seven. I'd say about a seven for this episode. Cyber, what do you think? If I had to give it a rating, I would give it a 10. 
Uh, most definitely. I, I loved it. I thought it was the best episode so far. Uh, I thought that nothing could surpass the last episode uh, for, you know, just being great. Uh, I mean, the first two episodes were fantastic. You know, you know, a lot of people do hate that third episode. I did find it very boring. Uh, I thought that, you know, it was, I get the purpose of it. I get that they were trying to kind of give Sylvie and Loki some kind of like screen time together to get to know each other, to give backstory and stuff like that. I get the purpose of the episode. I just thought they could have done it a little bit more tactfully. I thought that they could have put more action into it, the scenes, or into the episode itself. Kind of like give it like a brief, you know, that moment there, but then give it more. So, like, that one kind of, like, was, eh, okay. And then four was like, oh, okay, this is a lot better. And then five was even better. So, yeah, I mean, the whole concept of this episode, I just really enjoyed a lot. Because the fact that you got to, you know, see Sylvie kind of take on you know, Raven a little bit. They had their kind of quarrel. She basically purges herself so that she can get to where Loki is. Then, you know, you get to see this great camaraderie with all these other Lokis and you get to learn some more backstories about them and, you know, and you get to see some more of Miss Minutes. So you just get a really good round and just overall great, you know, impression from this, like Jeff was saying with this film or this episode, I should say. It just is a really great episode, and I was really blown away by it, too, as well, that it was just a really fantastic episode. So, yeah, I give it a 10. Great. That's good to hear. I like this. I like to see people throw 10s out there once in a while because um, uh, I've definitely dropped a 10 on a couple of Loki episodes during this series. I think that um, to kind of, like, again, go in a different direction um, and kind of change things up a little bit, before we um, delve into watching the Eternals trailer um, and do our like uh, our reactions to that, I just want to bring up this um, this kind of not like this is sort of a fan theory slash like some like chatter that I've been hearing like in the MCU news area of like uh, the of the internet these days lately. I've been hearing like um, and I've actually heard a couple of people on some different MCU content. Uh, talk about this and they think this is going to happen. So Hugh Jackman potentially could come back as Wolverine in the MCU. There's been like stories that have been reporting that like in the last, like the last week or so um, from men's health. There's, there's an article that I'm looking at right now um, where they're talking about how there's images that were posted of um, Kevin Feige and Hugh Jackman recently together um, and based on that, uh, there, there's a lot of speculation that we could end up with Hugh Jackman coming in and playing Wolverine in the MCU. What do you think, honestly, Brett, like, what do you think about that whole concept? Because like, I'll tell you right now, very easily and very like shortly and very quickly before you jump in that I don't believe it. I don't think that it makes any sense for Hugh Jackman to come back and, and be involved in the MCU or the X-Men at all. Um, but, but, but I'd love to hear what you think though. So what do you think, Brett? Like what, what are our chances of that? Do you honestly think Hugh Jackman is going to come back and play Wolverine? All right. There's a little bit to this. Okay. I actually did a whole, uh, YouTube video and a uh, short podcast about this whole thing. So what happened was 
uh, you know who Boss Logic is, right? Who makes the uh, the mock-ups of characters and stuff and and gives you an idea of what s- some actor might look like playing a character, right? Yeah. Okay, so Boss Logic posted a... <laughs> it, it basically, it was his... He posted a Wolverine claw and arm, okay, that he designed. And then ne- next to that, in his instagram story right he posted an older photo of hugh jackman with kevin Feige, and you can tell it's older because you can see hugh jackman looks a a bit younger in this photo um but what made all the news is that hugh jackman then shared these two images to his story as well and so that's where everyone is like oh shit are they teasing is he teasing us that he might be coming back to see you? Uh, because that's what it would lead you to believe if he had posted it originally, right? I think that if Hugh would have anything at all to do with the MCU, it would be cameo. It would be through this multiverse that we're looking at getting into, that we're already We lost you there for a minute, Brett. <laughs> oh, man. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can. Okay. Go man, ahead. Where did Go you ahead. lose Wrap me? You were about, 20, about 20, 30 seconds ago. So just kind of like try to come back to All it. All right. And, if, um, if, 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 Hugh Jackman is entering, if Hugh Jackman is entering the MCU at all, it's going to be a cameo appearance. It's going to be, hey, yeah. here's a peek into the other universe in this multiverse, and this is a version of this character. We're not going to see him as the permanent Wolverine. There's no way. There's no way. I think he could make an appearance, but I think they knew, you know, 30-ish. Okay, yeah. Definitely. Cyber, what do you think? So this is the picture that they're talking about that yeah. has recently serviced. Very nice, um, Yeah, so, I, I mean, Hugh Jackman looks a little younger there, but not that much younger. Um, I mean, in my honest opinion, anything is possible. Doesn't matter, you know, de-aging is a now a thing. Look what they did with Michael Douglas in The First Ant-Man. It's possible that Hugh Jackman could come back. It's possible Hugh Jackman could do a cameo. I mean, it's possible. We just don't know. We won't know until they actually officially say something. And so just to go, you know, on speculation, that's a great thing to think. You know, that's great. You can, you know, we want Hugh Jackman back because we feel that he is Wolverine. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, when he was doing Logan, he said, this is my final outing of being Wolverine, et cetera, et cetera. Well, ever since that, like since 2018, you know, he has been sparking rumors, you know, that, you know, maybe he might make a return because he said it himself, you know, if the right opportunity, of, you know, approaches itself, that it comes to me, I might do it again. You know, so it really all comes down to when they finally announce that it's actually going to happen is when it's going to happen. You know, you can think and speculate all you want. You know, you just got to go with it. Take it as a grain of salt and hopefully we do get something, but don't be sad if you don't get it. So all in all, I'd say it could, it could not happen. 
that's pretty much my opinion on it. Yeah, I'd love I mean, to see him pop up in Deadpool three. That's uh, where I'd like to see him. I don't. I just don't think it makes any sense. I mean, like, uh, if you think about it from a logical standpoint, Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige are are looking to cast uh, an actor who's like in his late twenties or early thirties. You know, like like uh, like Brett said, um, and you know who can play Wolverine for like ten plus years, fifteen years, or something like that, and and you know and looks authentic logan from the comics to some extent um and you know it, it to me it would be not really like uh very productive or like very sensical to to bring hugh jackman in just to play some kind of cameo as wolverine when they're going to establish the x-men in the mcu here in like the next couple of years like we're going to start getting mutants eventually and then you know there's going to be an x-men it's just a matter of like how many years it's going to be before they feel like it's it's the time's right to go ahead and, and drop that whole concept of like that team on us. But I'll tell you what, it's going to be an interesting freaking position to be in, to be making MCU content when like we've got the Fantastic Four, like the Avengers and like the X-Men all active at the same time, like making films and shit, like, you know, together, like back to back to back. That that is going to be crazy, like seriously crazy, and fun. I can't wait. Can't wait. Like, yeah. yes, it's going to be like it's going to be the pinnacle. Like, I mean, you think that like like you think that like the the high of Infinity War and Endgame was like the pinnacle of the MCU. Wait until we have the Fantastic Four, the X Men, and the Avengers all active at the same time, and you watch like after after the pandemic and everything. Like, once the theaters start to open up more and more. Like more and more people are going to want to go. There's going to be a rebound at theaters, and I think that you, I wouldn't be surprised if the those films, the X Men films, the Fantastic Four films, the next set of Avengers films, they'll probably break box office records just like if Endgame did and Infinity War did. What do you think, Cyber? Uh, I think it's possible. I feel like they're already starting to make a comeback theaters right now. I mean, with Fast 9 out, um, it's already breaking the records that it didn't last year. So, I mean, it, it's they're slowly booming back. We're getting back to that post-pandemic time. Um, but, I mean, with the Avengers and so forth, I mean, each Avenger is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. That's just how it works that's how the you know movie industry works and they make it more and more bigger and bigger because more and more people become interested you know so i mean it, it we're gonna see you know bigger and bigger box office i think uh to incomes coming from the next phase of the mcu films and especially after you know guardians 3 comes out i have a good feeling that that one's gonna break some you know boundaries simply for the fact that we've been waiting so long for it also, because of the firing and rehiring of James Gunn, that's also going to yes. put a big mark on that film, too, as well. So I feel like with the end of Phase 4, we're going to just see all of a sudden this huge boom, like you're saying. But I feel like that's just that's just what it was going to do anyways. I don't think it has anything to do with the pandemic. I don't think it has to do anything with you know any previous box office records. I think it's just that's how it's going to just keep increasing because... 
in order to make more money, they have to be able to do that. And that's just how, you know, the theater and movie industries work. So I, I already knew that that was probably going to end up. So like $2 billion movies are going to be, you know, 10 years down the road, probably going to look like pennies when movies are making five or six even billion movies, you know, billion dollars a movie, because that's just how it's going to keep growing and how it's going to get better. Okay. What do you think, Brett? Uh... I think it's going to take a little while for something to eclipse uh, something as big as Endgame. Um, it, it would have to be another big event movie, I believe, like a big, huge buildup like Endgame was, like something that you know was 10 years in the making. Uh, maybe if we, get, if we get the X-Men and the MCU and then five or so years after they're introduced, we have a buildup to some huge, big bad that everyone must team up to defeat. We got, you know... Uh, the Avengers, we've got Fantastic Four and the X-Men all joining forces to face some giant foe that could potentially eclipse something like it Endgame. Uh, but until Wars. then, I, Everybody, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people think it's going to be Secret Wars. That's going to be the next like Infinity could Saga be. event. Could be. And that, and that would do it, I think. That would do it. But anything else, I don't, any of the solo films are not going to do it. Um, I don't even think a team film is going to do it like i don't think a fantastic do it i think there's already there's too much bad taste for normies for the fantastic four movies um you know we understand that this is practically it's the robot version of, of, of a guest. Brett, sorry, man. We lost you again there for oh, a minute. I'm so it was sorry. Funny as, as, it was funny, man. <laughs> we, we lost you. I'm we sorry. lost you you'd right there at the end. So what, what what was your point that you were trying to make there at the end? I just I don't think that uh any solo films or even team films are going to get any even close to Endgame until we get a major team up for something like you're saying, like Secret Wars. Yeah. A crossover event. Oh, we lost him. <laughs> I don't know where Jeff went. Who did we lose? There he is. Jeff? Oh, there we go, Jeff. Yep. What's up? Are we good? Yeah, you all of a sudden disappeared. Okay, yeah. I'm... I'm... <laughs> For a minute there, something was going on on my end, too. I'm checking my Can you hear Jeff? Because I can't hear Jeff. I can't hear Jeff, yes. Brett, you can't hear me? All right, I can't hear Jeff at all. I can't see him. That's weird. I can hear him, but you can't. <laughs> That's strange. Yeah. So weird. Once well, again, technical difficulties out you know, there in streaming land. No, you know what? Listen, we're not gonna. It, this is not gonna end up being what we dealt with last week. This is not gonna be the same situation. I swear, um, it's not happening. Uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this sucker up here in a minute. Brett, you still can't hear me? No, I can hear you now, buddy. Okay, there we go. Oh, okay, now you can. We're already back online. All right, here we go. Brett, I know you've already seen the Eternals trailer, but. I'm gonna go ahead. And, I'm gonna go ahead and play it right now, just so you know. Since you're just audio right now, I'm gonna go ahead and play right. the Eternal trailer, and then we're gonna go ahead and react to that. Okay. On, 
Onward! Captain Rogers and Iron Man are both gone. Who do you think's gonna lead the Avengers? I could lead them. <laughs> oh, we lost Brett. Ah! That's okay. Cyber, we've talked about this. You and I have... Brett, if you could hear us out there, brother, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. We came back from the Eternals trailer and you were gone, man. But thank you for being on here, Brett. We're going to be wrapping this up here in a minute anyway, man. So, like, you know, that was kind of like, you know, uh, good timing anyway, man. Um, we really appreciate having you on. Um, even, like, when you were, like, making us laugh with, like, those squeaky popping noises and stuff and everything with your phone. Your phone. That was fun. I enjoyed that, too. Like, I mean, hey, you got to laugh at that. But Cyber, um, basically, just before I get your your take on the Eternals trailer, uh, now that you've had some time to marinate on it a little bit since the last time we talked about it, what I saw in that trailer that I didn't really notice before in the past until now was that there's like going to be like a love affair triangle, like a love triangle in the movie where I think where it's going to be Cersei, uh, that like almost Asian looking black haired character. Um, she's going to be a love interest of the uh, Black Knight's um, Kit Harrington's character, and then also um, Icarus, uh, James, uh, James Madden. Um, she's Richard gonna, Madden. Richard Madden. She's going to be involved with him too. You could see in the trailer that like they're, they look like they're romantic at one point, you know? And we know from the comic books that in the comics – Black Knight and Cersei are a thing. Like, I mean, on the West Coast Avengers, like for a long time, they had a relationship. The same time that like Vision had one with, with you know, Scarlet Witch and everything, you know? There was like uh -huh. the Cersei uh, Black Knight relationship, which was like, you know, kind of like the second, the second like big relationship 
in the comics at that point, like as far as like, you know, couples like coming from the Avengers or whatever, you know, um, that's like one of the things I remember as a kid that stood out to me about the uh, Avengers West Coast comic books was the whole dynamic with like the Black Knight and Cersei and um, they were like main characters on like the West Coast Avengers uh, in the uh, early 90s, uh, mid 90s. Um, and, um, so what do you think cyber? Like, have you, what, what, you know, we'll do what in a minute we'll do a rating, but before we do a rating, what do you think about the trailer itself? Uh, like I said before, it's still the same. I think it's a giant pile of malarkey. <clears throat> I mean, I just think it's still, it, it's even watching it like for the fifth or sixth time, it still just seems like it's going to be the crappiest of the Marvel films. Uh, I mean, every single time I see the exact same thing, I didn't see anything different this time. I did notice the love triangle the first time I watched the trailer. And uh, I think that, you know, unless they get a better trailer to show us a little more of the story and the bad guys or anything like that, uh, I just think that this is one of the most boring trailers I've seen from Marvel ever. Um, and I think it's the fact that they allowed, you know, what's her name, the director of the film, to do the editing of the, you know, trailer. And I don't think she really caught the aspect of what makes Marvel Marvel. And she was just all about the cinematography, if you can tell. In each of those scenes, you see a lot of landscaping. Yes, I get that. That's what you're about, landscaping. But that's not what Marvel and the the characters are about. It's about the characters, their history, their action, their, you know, being super beings. So the trailer does not really, ex you know, exclude that. It doesn't give us that exudeness of, you know, what a Marvel film is. So still, I'm still on the fence with this one. I'm hoping it's better than it looks in this trailer. I'm hoping we get another trailer before it comes out. I mean, it comes out in only four months now. Chloe's um, out. Chloe's yeah, Chloe's out. out. Yeah. Um, you know, no Madland. And, you know, uh, it just, yeah, it, once again, it, it the exact same as I said last time. I just think this is going to be one of those films that hopefully it's better than what the trailer makes it look like. The film was written and directed by Chloe Zhao with Patrick Burley also contributing to the screenplay. It stars an ensemble cast, including Gemma Chan, who plays Cersei, Richard Madden, um, <coughs> Nanjiani, uh, Nanjiani, Leah McHugh, who I think plays uh, Sprite, um, Brian uh, Tyree Henry, Lauren Ridloff, Baron Kogan, Don Lee, Gil Birmingham, Harish Patel, Kit Harrington, Salma Hayek, and Angelina Jolie. Um, and it, the deviants are the villains of the the film. They are like the the other race, you know, or whatever that like the uh, the Celestials created at the same time that they created the Eternals. They created the deviants. Um, and in the comic books, it's the deviant gene, like their genetic makeup, like uh, their, their impact on like humanity and like the human race that leads to like the X gene, the mutant gene in the comics. That's where it comes from. It comes from the deviant line, um, of like genetically. Um, and that's, that's in the, in the Marvel 616 universe, the comic universe, that's how it works out. Like that's where mutants come from, essentially. Is that how they're going to do it in the MCU? I don't know. We'll have to see. But um, essentially, you know, 
like like Cyber already said, I think I basically feel pretty non-optimistic at this point, you know, having watched that trailer probably like eight or nine times now or 10 times now. Um, there's little, there's little tiny like moments in it where I like look at like, you know, the scene for a second, like when they show Sprite in the scene, like I like her character already. Like I do kind of like that character. Um, like I, 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 I find that positive. Um, you know, it, like I already said, I've said to cyber like personally and like on the show, I think if they just would have shown the black knight, like in his, his costume, like fighting or whatever, you know what I mean? With his sword and everything that would have saved the trailer, you know, like they could have totally changed the whole dynamic with it. If they just would have, I mean, all they really do, there's really no action scenes in that trailer at all. Um, you see Angelina Jolie there, like, you know, like they, you, they show her like kind of doing some sword play and stuff like that. But, you know, it's not anything um, really interesting or exciting. So, I mean, for me, I feel like I'm still, look, like I, I remain optimistic and like I'm always confident when it comes to Marvel Studios. I am. So like I want to believe that like overall somehow like, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, confident that we're going to get some, some like, crazy next trailer that like changes the game like shang chi trailer 2 did for me but i will say that i think that like the overall the eternals film will be good like i think when it's all said and done and we all watch it we may not be like blown away by it but i think that like the concept of it and everything will work and, <clears throat> will, and i think the visuals do work you know like they do cyber um we, you know, I, you can say what you want about, you know, about, um, you know, uh, Chloe Zhao, but the cinematography is obviously very pleasant in that trailer. Like, if that's any evidence of what we're going to see overall, like in the film, which is probably going to be like two and a half hours long, you think, probably three hours long or something. I mean, yeah, I think it'll be that long. Look at how many characters there are on the team. I think it about it. Probably max out at around 220, 215. How are they going to play out all of the arcs of all of the individual characters over two hours and 15? Because they're not. They're only going to give you basics. That's, you know how Marvel works. They don't do that. They don't give you all the information. I think they, they're going to try. They drag it. They drag it out. I think they're going to try to do it. Because they, I, I, I think, think that. So. What do you think? Do you think, that, do you think that there will be like an Eternals 2? Or do you think this will just be a standalone movie? No, I think it'll be a trilogy. So you think that they'll replicate the formula again with like these new, these properties now in, in like phase four and phase five, like they're, they'll continue that same formula like that they did with Thor and Captain America and yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. Cause why would you change what's bringing in your money? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. It's I mean, all about, it's all about the money. They don't really care about the story. It's all look, about the money. If, if Captain Marvel two sucks, if it's as, if Captain Marvel two is as bad as Captain Marvel one was, then they should just they should get they should stop right there and just cut it off. Like I don't want to see a Captain Marvel three at that point. See Captain Marvel two, Captain Marvel will be I think Eternals. I honestly think Eternals will be this because they allowed that Chloe Zhao to freaking direct this. You're saying wait a minute. I want to make sure we're on the same page here, Cyber. You're saying you think that Captain Marvel two is going to be a better movie than the Eternals? Yes. Okay, we'll see. I mean, that's a very bold pronouncement, Cyber. Um, I hope you're prepared to um, 
choke some um, some Loki lady um, pee pee. <laughs> if you're wrong about that, <laughs> I'm never wrong. What are you talking about? Yeah, I'm Kevin. I'm Kevin Fage. You know that, right? I'm Kevin Fage. I'm in disguise. I'm Kevin Fage. You know. Yes. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. I know you're Kevin Feige. Um, <laughs> no, you know. I'll tell you what. Um, I think that um, I think Blade is going to be a better movie than the Eternals movie. I oh, do. Yeah, I already knew that. Yeah, I would. I would definitely say that if I had to throw that out there. I think the Blade film will be better than the Eternals film. As far as the box office goes, it's hard to really say at this point. Like you know, the Eternals comes out in what November yep. or October? November. November, and then Spider Man comes out afterwards, which I think they did purposely. December. I think they purposely scheduled Spider-Man 3 to come out after the Eternals to soften the blow that they're anticipating from a, a, a profit standpoint, you know, with with the Eternals and box office wise. I think they're I think they set that up to to make up like whatever you know shortfall they end up with with the Eternals. <laughs> I, I do. I, I'm so you I'm think curious. they're already I think you're saying that they already think that Eternals is not gonna do as well as they think. <laughs> Yes. Yes. They're propping up. They're propping it up by having Spider-Man three come out less than a month after it comes out. Like the Eternals will still be in theaters when Spider-Man three comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know? And I mean, like that's gotta be purposeful. I'm sorry. Like, you know what I mean? It has to be. Um, that's my take on it. I'm like, just like you threw down the gauntlet on like the um, Eternals and Captain Marvel 2 cyber. <laughs> I'm throwing down the gauntlet that the scheduling of Spider-Man 3 in that, <clears throat> that Christmas slot was purposeful because of the Eternals. Well, well, you can't throw down the gauntlet if I already agree with you there. Oh, I didn't. I, I thought you were. I, I, I thought you that you didn't uh, agree with me. No, I don't. I never said I don't. agree. Oh, with okay. You. So you think I'm right? I think you're right about the Eternals. Yep. Great. I appreciate that. Because yeah, I, I already think that the Eternals is going to suck. So just from well, the trailer. You know I mean, listen, you never know. Maybe we'll be surprised. I mean, um, Hey, like, uh, at this point, I'll tell you right now, uh, Spider-Man three has some serious pressure on it. Like when I go to see black widow, um, and they, and I see, and I get a chance to see that Spider-Man trailer, that thing better be freaking like seriously, like disgusting. Good. I'm telling you right now, it better be because I think it will be all the buzz for that movie. It's insane. Like if you want to, if you want to separate the MCU movie buzz from like the Disney plus stuff and just focus on like the, what's going on with the movies, even though we haven't had one in a year and a half plus um, you know, that Spider-Man movie is definitely like glowing hot. Um, and I think that, I, I like, you know, I literally, I want to like, you know, just praise Marvel and praise Kevin Feige for bringing Charlie Cox back into the fold as Daredevil. I think that was a really awesome, awesome move. And I'm so glad that like, they're going to go ahead and introduce him into the MCU in Spider-Man three. I feel like that's perfect. Like yep. if you know the comic books, it makes perfect sense that like Daredevil would show up in Spider-Man's movie. Because uh -huh. in the comics, Daredevil and Spider-Man are like cousins, basically. Like they're uh -huh. like they're very tight. Uh -huh. You know, they cover the same territory. Uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, occasionally finds his way in Hell's Kitchen. You know, like he works the whole like you know five boroughs. So 
you know, occasionally he does run into daredevil like regularly, you know, like it's, it's a common thing. Um, I'm still watching daredevil on Netflix right now. I'm almost done with season one and holy shit, man, when they brought in sticks from like the comic book, like to, as like the mentor to like, uh, to like, to like, um, to daredevil as a kid. Did you see that? You know what I'm talking about? Cyber. I haven't seen daredevil. Oh man. You got I watched one episode and I just I never you got, got around to watching it. You got to get back to watching it eventually, man. It's a good show. It is. It I is. I like Eldon I like Eldon Henson. He's like one of my favorite actors and he's in it as uh, his like best friend, so uh, Oh, yeah, know. it's Foggy? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I, I like the girl, the red-haired girl that is like their secretary or whatever. She's she's she was in True Blood. I forget her name, but I would yeah, Deborah Ann Wool. Deborah Ann Wool. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring all them back eventually into the MCU if they're able to make that happen. Um, I've already heard rumors that um, what's his name that played the Kingpin has already said he'd like to come back and and keep playing the character. Yep. You know who I'm talking about. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah. I, I think he was great as the Kingpin, so I would love to see him come back. Um, but anyways, we're going to try to wrap this up here in just a minute, folks. Like, we just want to um, mention really quick before we do that this is the MCU's Bleeding Edge. Um, we'd love it if you would always and, and and you know, and, and every time and every chance, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please. Follow us on any podcast platform that you go on, you know, distribution wise, because we're on all of them, literally. Like I'm working it out with Google Podcasts right now to make sure we're on there. But as far as every other single one beyond that one, we're on there. So like you'll find us wherever you look and you pop the MCU's Bleeding Edge into the search tab, you're going to find us. Um, check out our YouTube channel. Check out the MCU's Bleeding Edge.org. That is our website. It's all lowercase, the MCU's bleedingedge.org. We've got some polls up there on there. We've got our blog. Um, I've got um, potentially some giveaways and like some um, some contests that I'm going to be doing like in the next couple of weeks where I'm going to be giving out some Amazon gift cards. So that stuff's all going to be coming out, out on the website. So check it out on there. Um, you can find Cyber and I. On Rizzle, um, we are old school Rizzlers um, on the app for quite a while now. Uh, probably, I don't know, shoot, a year and a half or something at this point. I'm, I'm not sure. It's been a, we've been on there for quite a while. We basically hold it down when it comes to MCU content on Rizzle. Um, I just literally hit my, um, my 9 millionth view. I just noticed today, and I hit my 170,000th subscriber. So thank you to Rizzle. I just want to, you know, do a shout out and thank Rizzle for that because I never would have been able to survive long enough on that app um to to rack up stats like that um if not for like the fact that Rizzle has let me do my thing on there. But um Cyber, my friend, my brother, um it's just me and Cyber for like for for the next couple of weeks folks. We're we're not we don't have Perry. Um Perry is dealing with some like uh you know, some personal stuff, some, 
uh, some real life stuff and everything and whatnot. And we wish him the best. Uh, we love you, Perry. Um, you know, he's still, uh, like a big, a big friend of like the MCU's bleeding edge. But right now, until he comes back, cyber and I are going to like, you know, man the fort. And what do you think, cyber? What, what are your thoughts on like, on, on like our episode five review? Did we, did we do a pretty decent job? We always do a good job. What are you talking about? That's what I like to hear, man. If you don't like this, why are you watching, people? It, For real. It's that simple. It's that simple. Just come and watch. We have fun. It's fun, people. I, I'm like, people. Unless people are lying to me, I get feedback from people all the time that tell me they love our show. Ten. It's a ten always. It's a ten. I don't know if we're a ten every time, but. I think I, so. Our last episode with those technical difficulties was 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 bullshit. It still was a ten. It was. Still <laughs> yeah, right. Is that why you were like so flipping out over it, like afterwards and everything, when you were like talking to me? You were like, oh, like you weren't too happy about it then. <laughs> hmm. I guess if, I guess if I was hosting that show, I probably wouldn't be very happy either. Hmm. I wonder. Hmm. I don't know. I just feel like. I felt like saying something. I don't know. All right. Well, listen, folks. Cyber is you can find Cyber on YouTube. You can find Cyber on Rizzle. Cybernetic Shark. Um, he's he also does podcasting. Um, I'm gonna give him a minute to go ahead and shout out whatever he wants to shout out. But um, we as always enjoyed our time tonight on the MCU's Bleeding Edge. Uh, Brett, thank you very much for coming on, brother. It was good to, good to uh, talk to you. Good to hear from you. Uh, thanks for participating in the show and everything and whatnot. It was nice to have you. Um, Cyber, it's always good to work with you, my brother. Um, and uh, go ahead and, uh, you know, if you want to do any uh, final plugs and take us out, go ahead. So, yeah, I mean, just like, you know, Jeff says, come check out our website at, you know, the mcsbleedingedge.org. Definitely check us out on Rizzle. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, I mean, don't forget, definitely check us out on Clapper, one of our newer platforms that we're doing stuff on, Rumble as well. Uh, you can check us out there. Of course, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, we're all on all those too as well. So definitely check us out on there. And, uh, you know, just, you know, we love your support. We love you, what you guys, you know, if when you watch us. Uh, we appreciate your feedback. We, you know, love the comments and stuff like that, you know. And uh, you guys, is you're the reason why we do this. We enjoy Uh-oh. You know what that is, folks? I think that's with Cyber's, um, like, iPad or whatever, I think it just automatically, like, goes off at a certain time. I think that's what that was. So for Cyber, here I am. It's Jeff. I'm wrapping it up solo. You got to be ready to roll with the punches here, folks. When it comes to like these uh, doing these live streams, man, it's like a, it's like it's like bathing in the fire, baby. You know what I mean? You never know what's going to happen. Um, you know, and like we don't play around here on the MCU's Bleeding Edge. I don't do a lot of crazy editing when it comes to these videos. It is what it is. Like if there's snafus or whatever, like then we soak it up and we absorb it. It is what it is, man. Like we're not perfect. We do our best, but at the same time. Um, you know, regardless of cyber's sarcastic, like we're 10, you know, we're a 10 out of 10 every time or whatever remark. Um, we're no joke over here on the MCU's bleeding edge. Like we do some seriously like, uh, informative and semi quasi professional reviews over here, you know, on our, uh, on our territory. And, um, you know, we're not afraid to compete, uh, with the rest of the MCU content creation community 
hopefully we're holding it down um, for Rizzo and everything and whatnot. But anyways, uh, for Cyber um, and for um, for Jeff and for our families and our friends and all of our supporters and our fans, uh, this is the MCU's Bleeding Edge, and we're out of here. Peace.